0: If you're a more energetically sensitive creative or entrepreneur who's ready to transform your sensitivities into your superpowers so that you can spend more time in the flow and less time in the internal struggle, then you've come to the right place. The Empathic Entrepreneur podcast with me, Anna Stokes, is a business and marketing podcast where we uncover the roadblocks that most energetically sensitive entrepreneurs and creatives face on their journey to success and how to move past these blocks to live a more purpose-driven and energetically aligned life. Okay, hello everybody and welcome to the Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Jamie Jensen and I want to say your bio. I want to say the fancy bio. Jamie is an award winning writer, brand storyteller, and intuitive business coach. And she has helped people make a lot more money nine times. I, I'm like, ooh, I like that. Nine times, not 10 times, nine times, not eight times, nine times. <laughs> I have <laughs> sales by refining stories that they tell related to their branding and marketing. So, welcome to the podcast, Jamie. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. So Jamie and I have, um, this is going to be like a catch-up session. Jamie and I used to work together, like what seems like a lifetime ago. Probably was a lifetime ago for each of us. Yeah. And Jamie, ha- Jamie, I think Jamie, you're like a unicorn. You do all this unique, special stuff out in the world and you're multi-passionate. You have a blend, you have your hand in a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to just take a moment and kind of give an introduction to people about kind of what you're up to. What even like what is a day in the life of Jamie Johnson look like because you're writing screenplays, you're you're involved in movies, you're involved in so many things that I was like I got to just let Jamie talk to me about what's going on in her life. Well maybe we should actually go back like what you were doing when we first started working together. Do you know how many years ago that was? Yeah. It was like nine years ago, nine years ago. And you were just like baby budding business at that time.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I had started, I feel like I was about a year into business ish, right? Like I was a year in and maybe like cresting on going, like just starting to crest on full time. Um, I had started, I had started coaching and then transitioned into copywriting because I realized I was like, just so well prepared to be that person, like based on my gifts, my education and like where I had come from as I was entering the coaching space, I was just the most well positioned person to be helping folks with their messaging and story. And so I like became a copywriter in a sea of coaches and helped them distinguish themselves from each other. Um, and so my, you know, I want to say like when I started, I was, I was, a pay, I was, I had paid coaching clients. It's not like my first business was copy, but I pivoted almost, you know, within six months, I pivoted pretty strongly just to copywriting, got really excited about it. I fired all my coaching clients.
0: Like okay, I got it. Bye bless, you guys.
1: Them, bless them all. <laughs> um and like, really, yeah, I went, I got so excited about my copywriting brand and went all in on it. And and that was your hot copy, right? Your hot copy, which is still the LLC I have. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. And I think you were my like second business coach ever that I ever worked with. Yep. And look at her now, you guys. I know.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I hired you for copy. That's true. That's always what happens. It's like, I I always hire the people who hire me. I wrote the sales page for ease and profits. And I think another
0: page. Beta Lab, Beta Lab, which I'm going to be like relaunching soon because everyone needs to know how to start like something. And I love that phase of business. So yeah, Jamie, you're, you're, I knew back then, like, I'm like, she's got some channeling happening here where she just knows how to tap into the client she knows exactly what they need. I never had to worry that you wouldn't know what to write or that lines would get crossed. I was like, Oh yeah, Jamie, I just like, just do whatever. Cause it'll be great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I still get that a lot from clients. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'd be like, Jamie, just write a new, will you write a new life for me? I yeah. believe it. I trust it. You'll write the best
1: life for me. <laughs> do what I can't It's yeah. And
0: so how did it evolve? So you started out doing a lot of like one-on-one copywriting for coaches, probably all types of businesses. And then what happened? Cause we've had a huge gap. I was offline for pretty much seven years doing my brick and mortar. I was like super in the beauty industry and I'm only recently back kind of in the world of online. You just kept going and going.
1: Yeah, I did. So basically, I mean, the funny thing is like a lot's changed and nothing has changed at the same time. And what I mean by that is like, I, my first year in business, I had launched my first course. It's not like I was ever, oh, I'm just doing copywriting, just doing coaching or just teaching, right? Like I was always kind of excited by all of those things and doing all of those things. And what I'll say is that, you know, over my years in business, I, my audience grew, my list grew, i played with a lot of different marketing strategies. I worked with a lot of different strategists and coaches and learned many different methodologies for selling. I worked behind the scenes in many different businesses, helping them scale from six to seven to some eight figures, right? So I think I, like my experience grew, what I was testing out in the marketplace grew, you know, the world Changed lots of things kind of evolved. My brand evolved, you know. Probably I'd say I feel like I'm in the fourth-ish iteration of my brand now that is like the rebrand that is now about to be born. Um, but I've always, even from the beginning, I was like, yeah, I'm beta launching a, a copywriting course. I know exactly what it is, I know what I'm teaching, I do things differently, and this is what I'm gonna teach people. And I so I just did it. It wasn't like I I kind of came out of the gate really hot seeing what the market was missing and kind of seeing what else was out there and noticing like, oh, there's gaps in how we're teaching writing to folks. There's gaps in how we're teaching storytelling to folks. There's gaps that I see how, and still, I feel like this is still a huge piece of what I teach is there is a, a big, in my opinion, gap in the oversimplification of messaging, storytelling, and communication that I think leaves out a whole portion of the market that needs a different access point to really find their way into it, a way that is has nuance, a way that has depth, a way that has truth, um, a way that is fully expressed. And I think that I tend to see all of those those details and distinctions in addition to the simplified way that really weaves it all together. And so that kind of is I would say in this iteration kind of the biggest thing that I'm that I'm bringing and I feel most excited about and it does weave the intuitive component into the strategic component but it does so through the avenue of emotion, right? It's like the access point, it is energetic, it is emotional, it is intuitive, but it is kind of allowing someone to find their way into what their story is not because they follow a paint by numbers, but because they've like uncovered what the journey is located where they are in the journey and then located what relevance that has to what they actually are doing in terms of their service right so so that's one way of expressing how it's like really different but not at the same time
0: and that's what you're working on now with this iteration that's really your focus with the brands you're working with is is that do you have a name for that
1: well scribe and spirit is my new Like copywriting agency. Love it. Love it. Um, And I call, you know, and I'll say, like, I do a lot of strategic brand storytelling work. So there's like consulting as a part of that focus. And there's also done for you as a part of that focus. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, what I'll offer is like some of the, some of the, the, what I didn't express is like what's funny is I took my copywriting business from being 100% of my revenue down to like 20% of my revenue. (laughs) And then, and now I'm like, It's probably going to be closer to like 70% in this season because it's just what I feel the most alive and excited about again is doing this like brand storytelling work. And even if I'm giving someone a strategic document that lays everything out for them, they're still getting copy that they can then take and repurpose and use in a million different places. So, you know, I could, I could not call it copywriting, but at the end of the day, they take it and use it all over the place. And like, they're getting something that they can, an asset really. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that is the brand of Scribe and Spirit. And it's funny how that came about because I actually created the Instagram handle for Scribe and Spirit back in 2016. Ooh. I was dating my ex-boyfriend, Robert, at the time. We had been together for like a year and a half. And I was starting to go through this process of, becoming attuned to my mediumship skills. Mm -hmm. And what happened was he and I were living in an apartment in New York and there was one night he was working late because he was a hotel manager. So his hours were all over the place. And I was trying to fall asleep in bed by myself. And I just, as I was falling asleep, I saw this young boy kind of walk towards the bed and lean down and kiss me on the lips. And I felt his lips on my lips which made me like shoot, oh, shoot, awake, and my eyes opened. And I was like, What just happened? What just happened yeah. like, in, the, in the room with me? And now he's not here, but that happened. And I felt it, and what the fuck is going on? And yeah. so I ended up enrolling in a mediumship mentorship program because I was like, I just don't want to be afraid anymore. I want to, like, this is this, it had been going on for a while, but I kind of kept shelving it. And yeah. it got to a point where. You know, the universe, God, the spirits, whatever, we're just like, you cannot ignore this anymore. This is you are attuned to these things and you've known it for a long time. And it's time to just I wanted to just feel, you know, like I had control over how I could handle myself in these experiences and know how to how to interact, communicate, set boundaries, et cetera. So I ended up joining this program for mediums and I was the only non-practicing medium. I don't know what else to call it. I was the only non-practicing medium in the program. Like everyone else in the program literally gave mediumship readings. And I was like, yeah, I'm just here to like be a medium who's not a medium. I don't know. Like that's what we're doing. Um, but my readings were just as on point, if not more than everyone else in the group. I was like, oh, I am just, I just know these things and I just see these spirits. And now I know who they are because I just told you their names and how many there are and how many children they had and what era of history they were existing in. And the person was like, oh yeah, that's my husband's family. I that's like, they're not here, but that's, that's who they are. And I'm like, cool. It works. Uh, (laughs) It works. And so at the time I was, I was really, coming more into accepting that I always knew that my writing process was a spiritual experience for me. That was not new. I always felt connected to spirit that when I was doing it, I always felt like I was channeling. Um, and I had been writing my whole, you know, career, you know, undergraduate into graduate school, going to film school, writing a feature film. Like at this point, I already done a lot of these things, but I hadn't really, you know, taken the time. I'd studied a lot of philosophy of body and soul also, which was something that was fascinating to me at the time in undergrad at NYU, but I hadn't really like attuned my own mediumship skills in that spiritual way. And in that way that is like, it is that, that sort of hidden door. We don't, you know, it's not really accepted. It's not widely like, okay, there's no evidence-based whatever you're, you know, it's sort of, we make jokes about it, but it's not something that is, you know, no, you can't go take a PhD in it and like do it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. that way. So I decided to study with the medium. And at that time I was really in this convergence of like how writing was a spiritual experience for me. And so I ended up creating this hat, this Instagram account. And my vision for it was that I would build a community of writers who were also spiritual, like me, who kind of had that experience of it being this, this holy, this holy, this holy (laughs) Yeah. To be in, in connection with, with, energetic elements that you can't necessarily control and allow them to come through you. And so, so that's how the hash, how the Instagram handle happened. And I kind of posted on there a few times, bid some quotes, like it was, a, you know, and then it just sort of got shelved. Yeah. Um, and, and my ex, my ex passed away, you know, we broke up and then he was diagnosed with cancer and he ended up passing away just four months later. Mm. So I went into a period of deep grief and trauma. And it was, you know, a, one of my many dark nights of the soul, <laughs> definitely not my only one, yeah, <laughs> um, but definitely a period of, of that, you know, kind of being part of my experience. Um, and my father had passed away when I was 20. So it wasn't like the first, it wasn't the first major like loss or death that I had been through, <laughs> particularly not the first man that was important to me that had passed. Mm-hmm. And so I, I ended up, kind of integrating my spiritual journey in a, in a different way, in a unique way through that process. And, you know, I'm not going to say that it was easy. It wasn't easy, but I do think that my gifts continue to be more attuned because when someone close to you passes and you're already attuned in in that way, there's just another way in which your own like soul, I think begins interacting with the spirit world. There's not like an opening. Yeah. There's an opening, another Another door opens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that, that kicked a lot of doors open. It also kicked doors open for me creatively. I had a lot of breakthrough work that I was writing in those years, like screenplays that went to market that got attention and um, that sort of thing. And, and my business, you know, I kept, it stayed in the, like in a very practical realm, like everything I was like doing all of this sort of spiritual comedy, fun stuff in my screenplays, talking about death and making jokes and and spirit and, um, you know, writing these really heartfelt, epic, this novel I wrote. And then over in my business, it was just like incredibly practical. Like Um, it almost leaned in the other direction to the point that it did, that it was an interesting interesting period of time. Were you uncomfortable with that split? Did it begin to start to feel... Like
0: it was too much of a divide.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, what's funny is what I've learned is that it's, it's more that like, I struggle so much with like the, with really specific marketing messages and promises and programs. And it's for the things that I do and offer. And it's, and what I, what's funny is if you asked anyone who was around me if they looked at me and thought that I was like hiding my woo side, they'd be like, no, like you're, you're talking about energy. One of the coaching programs I was selling was very much an energetic program about like your creative gift, amplifying your business in a very specific way. And so I don't know that there was, like as much of a divide as it felt like there was at the time. Like, I don't actually know what's true. What I know is that my experience of it was that it felt like it wasn't integrated. And it felt like there was like, I was compartmentalizing myself in a lot of different places that didn't feel, it just didn't feel integrated. Right. So that was the, that was the experience I was having. And then it was, you know, I want to say November of last year so you you know so we're talking 6ish years later i'm boarding a flight to go home for thanksgiving and i just i just had this like download i'm like oh i really want another like agency brand like i really i feel really right for me right now and bear in mind that you know 18 months prior i had burned made a decision to burn down my business as it had existed and like canceled my programs that I had. And I had just had like a successful launch. And I was like, I don't actually want to deliver these programs. So oh. I, I,
0: <laughs> wow,
1: I fired like all of my clients who were amazing. And I love them to this day. I still love them. It was like, I had put together an incredible coaching program that folks did not want to leave. And Yeah, it's still one of the most beautiful things I've ever created. I'm most proud of creating, but there was just this this moment of like, I just knew that it was time to close that chapter and start something else. Um, And it took a long time of navigating like what that was going to look like. So fast forward to this Thanksgiving flight. I walk on the plane and I just have this download and I'm like, I just really... I just really want another agency brand. Like I just feel this desire for the first time since I had shut down my previous agency, which happened in 2017. I felt this desire to like create a brand that wasn't my name. Yeah. Right. And. There was no like strategic reason. It just was what felt true. And I'm walking on the walking like up into the, cause I think I was loaded. I was getting on a flight in Burbank airport where you don't walk through a term. You get, you le- le- go on the tarmac and then climb onto the plane from outside. You know, yeah. so I'm like yeah. walking onto a plane, like <laughs> as if it's a private jet. It, it wasn't, it was a jet. jet. <laughs> um, and I just go, what? My next thought is like, well, what would I call it? And then I just this download, it was like this lightning bolt of like knowing. It was just like, oh, scribe in spirit. Like because I like, already, I already created this. this. You have the Instagram. <laughs> and it was just this sort of wa- like rush. And like then on the flight, I just wrote the copy for the website. Of course you did. <laughs> like it just came out of me. I was like, all right, here we go. Um, and that was now it's been like, I don't know, nine months since then. And so the website is not fully live yet. We're still developing it, Um, but a lot of other pieces of the brand have come together. And it it is a marriage of the truth in how I work, which is I am strategic and practical. I'm a Capricorn moon. Like you're never going to come to me and have me completely ignore the earthly realities and the material. It's not going to happen. But I'm also going to probably make decisions based on this other thing. Which oh, yeah. is how I really lead. It's like this is the best practices we're going to take it into consideration, but the actual authority and the decision maker is never going to be, never going to be that that half of me. So that's what folks get when they work with me, and the results they get are pretty phenomenal as a result of that. And so that's just I'm kind of standing in that really honestly because I'm really not interested in working with anyone who isn't like a hell yes to that, yeah. like. Is that it's just it's un it, there's like undebatable truths that we're just gonna uncover and in the work we do and if and if someone's resisting what the truth is then they can they can enjoy that not with me you know yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh man we have you we have a lot in common Jamie yeah. you know even our timeline is sort of funny because you were talking about when you started your mediumship training mm-hmm. and I believe I started mine in 2016 as well all of my, when I started moving, you know, I had always been like intuitive and da-da-da. I used to call myself an intuitive business strategist, but it felt like not within my control. I was like, I need to like explore what this being more in my control is, or like having more like solidity with it, more groundedness in it, you know, where I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Not just, oh uh, yeah, I sort of trust this, but I think that was 2016. Yeah. And then it just, and then I got to that point where the integration didn't feel like the integration wasn't happening. And then it was like, and it really couldn't happen with my big beauty brand. Like mm-hmm. I I was doing unicorn facials. I was doing energy work. I was doing stuff within the company, but it still felt like I was just had this like mangled left arm that was like hanging off the side of my body that just wouldn't come along totally. Yep. I, mean, I just gotta cut it off. I gotta cut <laughs> it off you know, and that's what I was like, I'm selling, I sold, you know, um, and really dove headfirst into making this my, my full-time work. But yeah, I hear you. It's, um, I'm strategy, but I'm intuition and people who want to get convinced, I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in convincing anyone like that energy exists and that at the end of the day, it's really how we should be making our decisions. Even if strategy comes into play. Yeah. I'm super not interested in, working with people where it's going to be like a struggle around that. It's like you either lean into it or go work with a muggle <laughs> business coach, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'm your muggle business coach. Yeah. Um. So how, how then when you, when you say you're a medium, you know, this is called the empathic entrepreneur podcast. Yeah. What do you feel like your, how, how do your empathic abilities show up in your day-to-day life and in your business? Are you are you seeing energy? Are you knowing it? Are you hearing it? How does this show up for you in like a very real way?
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's there's 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 no way it hasn't shown up is the truth. Like all the Claire's. Yeah. All the Claire's. I definitely I think that at this stage of my life, I do feel I think Claire sentience is probably my most attuned
0: Mm
1: -hmm. skill at this point. And it's because I've done so much work to be in my body and be in, in like the, I have a client who calls it like instead of up and out spirituality, she calls it down and in Angela Hale. And like, that's like, I can't think of better words for it than how she describes it that way. Like, because I think my relationship with spirituality prior to, I want to say even three years ago, felt very out of my body. You know, it felt like I was, I was leaving and going into another realm or I was pulling another realm into me instead of sort of staying my spirit in my body experiencing, and then, and then like regulating and attuning and making decisions accordingly. And so I have also had a lot of like clairvoyant visual stuff happen. I've led breath work, um, practices with clients, uh, which is something I'm also trained in. Like I've done Reiki breath work. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in one of the masterminds I hosted, I would, I was offering one-on-one in addition to the group. And so one of the things I was offering was that I would give them breath work sessions. If that was something that they wanted So they would get this sort of one-on-one breath work. And there was a client I was leading in a breath work experience. And I saw a man just standing, we're doing it on zoom, but I'm saw a man standing in my living room while I'm she's breathing and I'm just holding space and like being the facilitator and leading her and kind of coaching her through her breathing. And she completes and then she shares with me that she met one of her spirit guides and she shares with me what he looks like. And she said he was like a terracotta warrior. And then I Googled what that was and that was exactly what I was seeing like exactly the man I was standing in my living room. So I, you know, that's one way it shows up is definitely visual. Sometimes if I like close my eyes and I'm rocking back and forth as I'm connecting to energy, I get more visual Mm -hmm. information than I would if I'm just sort of open and my eyes are looking around. But sometimes things, things have shown up like that I can see kind of dimensionally.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think right now the clairsentience and like feeling stuff in my body or things being communicated through body sensation is probably the one that I'm most attuned to right now. In addition to clairaudience, like I think words just come come in, right? It's like, I just- You're a copywriter. I think so. Like Scribe and Spirit was just like whispered to me through I don't know where. It was just like this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Great. And yes, as a copywriter, it is like the words are something will just- Appear and I'll just be like, I just know that that's, that's it. Like it just, it shows up a certain way. So those are the ways it most frequently shows up. And you had asked what a day in my life is like, cause I do so many things. And I think that an easy way to also answer that question is I was on a co-writing call early earlier this morning and we were on for about 90 minutes. And in that time I wrote 500 words of a novel, 1100 words of my nonfiction book, and then also was working on a sales page and like i just it's all the same energy the way that my relationship with it is it's like not you know i was talking about compartmentalization earlier uh and and my i'm sort of sharing this because i think the integrated experience is that like you can just open and allow and then everything you're working on kind of happens
0: right like yes I love that. I struggle with that. So I love that. It's so easy as a strategist, the strategy part of your brain to be like, I need to make this harder. (laughs) Or I need to find, everything needs to find its place. But like, what if, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in this spiritual book writing class right now. And like, the teacher is like, I've never written an outline for a book, like never once. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, I just get in the energy and I write. And I was like, oh, like I can do that, you know, but no one's ever given me permission to do that, you know, because a lot of the advice out there is, you know, very tactical. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, which I find can be contracting. I mean, it can be,
0: it, it throws me into instantaneous resistance often. Mm-hmm and then you get i get stuck in the resistance loop and i see my clients get stuck in this this is like one of the main things i work with people on is like where's your resistance why is it coming up what pictures or stories are in your space that aren't yours that have told you it has to be done this way that's not your truth so yeah that's that's a good reminder you're just tapping into an energy the energy of the work you're here to create
1: your creative energy
0: <laughs> and then yeah, you right. like
1: Yeah. Like if it's on your heart to create it, then it just, it's already there. You just have to show up and vessel it. It's, it's, you know, I, like I personally outline, but I give myself permission to divert from, from it. You know, I'm like general. And then if I get too specific, I start to get like, like contracted resistant. And then I'm like in my head too much. Yeah. Instead of like allow, just allowing it to, the words are just going to come out. You just have something to communicate. Like we're, we are all innate storytellers. And so, I don't know, I find that like the question is what is the level of structure that's going to support you and knowing how to play within it in a way that, in the way that works for your process is so important because everyone's different. Some people really need a heavy outline. Yeah. I need a He's the lightest outline that ever lived.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. The lightest outline that ever lived.
1: She's like a general idea of where we're going.
0: <laughs> so I want to talk with you about this helping clients nine times their sales. Talk with me about yes. what that has. Tell me about that. I'm curious. Yes. Like, what does this look like for you? How have you helped people? Because, you know, a bunch of people listening to this podcast, like I said, they either have started businesses or maybe they're on the brink they find inspiration through this podcast. Do you have some inspiration to share with us and some yeah. financial
1: inspiration? <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Because you've been so, doing this work successfully for a while, but you have clients who are very successful too.
1: Yeah, yeah and they're all in all different categories of human. Mm-hmm. Some, I would say that the most success that I've had helping folks is almost always boiled down to some degree of positioning And then the story they're telling around it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I define positioning in a few different ways because it depends on where you're applying that term in terms of what it means. But what I'll say is that clients that I've worked with, so, you know, I ran a program that was for creative service providers before that like helped them increase their sales. And a lot of that really does come down to pricing, packaging, and how Mm -hmm. they're like positioning what their offer is, what their package is, and then feeling the confidence and having the balls to literally like charge the price they want to charge. Mm -hmm. Um, Or that feels actually like a fair energetic exchange for the value they're delivering. What's reasonable for them. Um, And then a lot of it is supporting them in developing the marketing content that they are putting out there to then market their services and what it is that they want to be doing to market their services in a way that's aligned for them. That has helped me help, like other service providers like double triple or quadruple their revenue It's um,
0: this like all encompassing approach here yeah. this is where the agency side comes in right where you're like i do it i do a little bit of this a little bit of that yeah all geared towards this goal
1: yeah historically well i'm sharing historically like what what i've done with clients that has helped them increase their sales so for service providers it's usually that's what it looks like and then for folks who that I'm working with, like on their campaigns, right, then we're looking at a specific offer. We're looking at their brand. Mm-hmm. And either way, we are looking at like, how are we positioning their brand, their personal story and their offers and the story around their offers, like all of those pieces impact sales. So for example, one of the clients that I worked with and we did nine times her sales, all we did was change the story we were telling in her marketing. So. Wow. She had a program that was, she's a relationship coach. She had a relationship coaching program. And it was just that the language she was using didn't really speak to where her customer was in their life. And so it didn't plug into like any, any transformative experience or like it didn't plug into a story, right? We have to imagine that our clients and customers, our ideal folks are all humans living their own life story and so when we are positioning whatever we're doing what we have to do is plug into the story that they're already telling and then build a new story around it that that helps them see what role you play what your business your brand your offer role plays and where it is that they want to go what they want to create how they can right and so most of the time when I talk about positioning what I really mean is like What is the role this plays in the in the story of your client's life? So what is the role like for me personally? Like, what's the role I play in the story of a customer's life? Like, oh, well, I'm a brand storytelling guide, like ultimately, right? Like they come to me because they don't know how to talk about who they are, what they do in a way that's relevant, in a way that helps them achieve their goals. And sometimes that has to do with an offer that they're launching. And sometimes that has to do with like they just wanna pitch themselves to the media and they don't know how, or they don't know how to talk about where they've come from in a way that's relevant and isn't trauma dumping. (laughs) It's like, um, you know, and so it's sometimes it's like really practical. And sometimes, you know, I look at what copy someone is using to describe an offer that they have or what email they've put out there, what their, the overall story, the narrative of their launch campaign is, and I can tell why it's not working. Because there's, it's either not cohesive or it's not actually meeting their ideal client. Like, at, in the story they're already in because everyone's already in one, right? Like, you're, I'm, like, we're all in one. I'm personally right now. I'm in the middle of a messy rebrand. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone who's marketing an offer where their role is to like hold my hand and help me figure things out is like, like to make it feel simpler and easier, like. All of those are like, like I am attracted to all of it because I'm like, help it feel less messy. I just want the pieces clearer, right? Like that's who I am. That's the story I'm living. So all the, all the stories, all the messaging and marketing stories out there that are about like, there's pieces you haven't figured out yet Mm -hmm. are very attractive to me right now because I'm I'm like, yeah, right for the next like six to 12 months. I'm for sure in that place.
0: Yeah. Um, whereas you've been in a story in the past where maybe it's like, I'm a really overwhelmed service provider and I need help streamlining. I need help scaling. And then that is what you're attracted to. So it's really like, as empathic entrepreneurs, I feel like a lot of empaths get so in their own head. Sometimes the whole story is about them. And you're like, mm-hmm. where what you're at, you're saying, where's your customer at? So good reminder, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> where What, what story 100%. are they living? I love that.
1: And, like, I think that that also helps you do the thing where where you are actually tuning into what they're feeling, yeah, not in like not in like a not in like a fixing way. But I think as an empath, it's like when you're connected to a client, it's really easy to tune into what's going on. But when you're not connected, you're like you can make a lot of stuff up. And so remembering to retune in and to be creating from a place of like their emotional state to be storytelling from a place of how it's going to affect their how they feel is it's just a really important piece of the puzzle that I think that I think is easily forgotten especially cuz we all get wrapped up in our own stuff.
0: Oh, I love that. That is such awesome advice. Okay, well I like to keep these around 30 minutes which is so <laughs> hard cuz I could talk for 5 hours. <laughs> Um, is there, if I like to ask, I like to ask people this who are on the podcast, do you have any advice? This could be whatever, any advice based on the experiences you've had in your business so far as a empathic entrepreneur, do you have any advice for, um, other empathic entrepreneurs out there? Any advice around anything? I know that's general, but I, yeah. I think you have something that's ready to come forward
1: yeah i I don't know why this is what it is so we're just but we're we're just trust the I'm like I
0: know you got something I don't know what it
1: is <laughs> yeah. I think that I think that there's there's just so much advice out there about like sell one offer and make it one thing and be whatever and like i i i I shame myself with that messaging still sometimes right mm-hmm. I think it's but the thing that keeps coming through is like It's like, there's something that they have to teach. Mm -hmm. And so I, and like lean into like a masterclass, a workshop, like a one-off event. Like, I don't know why the guidance I'm being guided to give here is like, just go get paid for something. For something. Like start with something that's like, oh, I'm going to sell this for $20 a ticket or $50 a ticket or whatever it is. Go put it out there let it be simple remember that most folks just need a space to be held more than they need to be taught a bunch of stuff that's going to overwhelm their brain and like let yourself be paid for that because that is often the easiest thing that you can get out there and and like receive for and so lean into that and allow that to then like like snowball into other things cuz folks will come and then they'll be curious about your services it becomes a marketing tool in and of itself but it's a marketing tool you can get paid for and i'm A big fan of people having marketing tools that they also can get paid for. Also because dopamine. Like, yeah. Once someone buys a ticket for something, you are going to show up. So, yeah, that's my advice for today. (laughs) Go, go launch a workshop. Go create the page where you can get. Decide you're going to teach something. Don't be perfectionist about it. Get it done in seven days and have fun. (laughs) Love that. How can people find you, Jamie? Um, The best place is to hang out with me on Instagram. That's my favorite place to hang out. I am Jamie Lynn Jensen on Instagram. Scribe and Spirit is my business page where I'll be sharing more specifically storytelling advice and not all of the multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate, creative, spiritual soul things that I'll share on my personal page.
0: Okay. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for your time and wisdom today, Jamie. And um, everyone, reach out to Jamie. She's a she's like I said, she's a unicorn. (laughs) Work with her while you still can. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. Thanks for listening to the Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast with me, Anna Longstokes. For more information on these and many other topics, or to contact me for a consultation, please visit www.empathicpreneur.com. That's empathicpreneur.com. Or check out the show notes for direct links. And hey, if you like this podcast, please remember to take a minute to leave a review and to share with a friend. Until next time, keep creating.